the Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. Today's message, we've been bought with a price. And now here is Bishop Caldwell. Twentieth chapter of the book of the actions of the Holy Spirit. Some call it the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. I give you that, but in reality, it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. What He has done from Pentecost till now. In the book of Acts, the 20th chapter, and I need for you to key in to verse 28. The Bible says, take heed therefore unto yourselves, pay attention to yourselves, and to all the flock, as Paul wrote this to the Ephesus, the elders. He says, take heed therefore unto yourselves, and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. That's what I want to talk about. We've been bought with a price. We've been bought with a price that we could never pay. And we don't have enough in our bank accounts to even think about having enough to pay back to the creator for all the marvelous things that he has done. Paul here in writing to the church at Ephesus to the elders there told them that God has purchased us and that since he has purchased us, those of us that desire to have longevity in the body of Christ and in ministry we ought to take heed to ourselves. You can't eat all that popcorn and pizza at 2 a.m. before day Sunday morning and feel good about Sunday school. We have to take heed unto ourselves. Put your happy self up on Saturday evening if you know you got an all-day church situation. You have to take heed to how we live our lives in light of the fact as to what we've been called to. But the major problem here is that mankind owed a debt that mankind could not pay. God paid a debt for mankind that God did not owe. Mankind costs more than any of us in here, I believe, really realizes. You might say, well, oh, I paid $200 for these shoes, or, I paid $150 for these Nikes, or I paid $75 for this jacket, uh, and you can go on and on and on. But let me ask you a question. How much did you cost? How much did we cost? We cost God everything. Because of his great love for us, 
and his refusal to allow us to live in darkness forever when he is the light. Some chemist broke the human body down. You know, some of us, we have zinc in our body. We have vitamin C. We have vitamin A. We have all these other nutrients that make up this human body. And when they finally calculated basically how much each human body, how many minerals that we have, zinc, iron, etc., in our body, <clears throat> they came up with less than $2. So if you were to sell the zinc and all the rest of the minerals that are in our body, and oh yeah, by the way, are we enamel? You'd barely come up with $2. But God. God looking at us put a value on us that only his son could pay. Now you think about that. A lot of times in life, we look at the mess-ups that we do. We look at sometimes the negative words that we say. We sometimes look at our faults and our failures. But God looks beyond our faults. And he sees our needs. How much did we cause God? Tell your neighbor everything. When we take a look at the price of our redemption, what it actually cost God to pay for us, to buy us in the slave market of sin, to pay the price for each and every one of us individually, and to buy us out of the market and then set us free. Man, what a mighty God we serve. What an awesome Savior. What a great divine creator. So we ought to remember that it was God's blood that purchased us. And sometimes I think we, we take the word blood so loosely. We, we, we don't really key in to what it actually means. Do you realize that according to Leviticus 17.11 that the life of the flesh is in the blood? So when we talk about Jesus shedding his blood, we're talking about a man who gave his life. Now you think about this. If someone had a sample of his blood today and put it in a machine or put it under a microscope, they probably wouldn't understand it and it would probably blow up any instrument they have because they can't calculate it that high. But Jesus said, I came to give my life. That's where the blood is. There are signs around this city that says, give blood, give life. You know, yeah, by the way, there ain't no such thing as no minor surgery. 
Anytime you cut, your life is being threatened. Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. Now when you think about the love of God and you think about God being a spirit and you think about being the almighty one and you think about the book stops with him and you think about all the rules and the regs start and begin with him. He didn't have to reach out to help us. When Adam disobeyed God, God didn't have to do nothing but just let us die. But he said, oh no, it's not going down like this. And there's no competition between God and the devil as to who's going to get X amount of souls. It's the love of God that caused him to refuse to let it go down like that. And think about how many people have been on this planet and have gone away and how many still are here. He died for every one of them individually. For every single person Christ died. So if there are a billion people on the planet. He died a billion times. In one instance. And that blood was so powerful until it has reached up here where we are. And the event that took his life which nobody took it, he freely gave it. Over 2,000 years ago, and that blood is still holding. And anyone who wants to come and be redeemed can come. Oh, the love of God. And then, before we move on, when you take a look at Jesus... Who in essence says to his father, I will go down, I will pay the price, I will redeem them. Then that's exactly what he did. Jesus came in the love of his father and with his own love and with the own decision made before there was a when or a where that the Lord was not going to allow the devil to have us when there was something in his power to do something about it. And when God took a calculated look at the whole thing, he determined that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. Oh yes, thank God for the blood of animals and the blood of bulls and the blood of goats. Those animals, their blood only covered sin. You know, like some of you all never get through sweeping the kitchen. And I'm not talking about a pizza at Johnny's. A lot of times when people sweep the floor and they get the dustpan to pick it up, the little bit they don't get, what do they do? Scatter it. It remains on the floor. But the Lord ain't that way. He picked up everything. He picked you up. He picked me up. He knew that we would be born for such a time as this. And he paid a price long time ago. And God is so smart until he connected it to this generation. If you believe that Jesus' blood will wash your sins away, the only thing you need to do is call on him. And if you're a believer, and if you're a believer in the Lord, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and the blood of Jesus, God's son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. So his blood is still cleansing. There's a woman, a black woman, Named Henrietta Lack. 
They took some cells out of this woman's body years ago. Some physicians did. Some doctors did. Henrietta Lack died years ago. But they are still using her cells. Because they had never seen anything like this. This woman's cells are still alive. After all these years. And what the white man did. He never paid the family one dime. They live in a mountain somewhere. Broke. But they have made billions of dollars. Off of Henrietta Lacks blood cells. Well, you can't bribe God because God doesn't save anyone that he does not want to save. But he offers the invitation to anybody. And we cannot put him in a corner because he said the other day, I show mercy to whom I want to show mercy to. And if God didn't show us mercy, we wouldn't even be here. Ain't God good? Yes, he is. That's a powerful statement all by itself. When you consider the scripture which says that God has redeemed us with his own blood. Now when I was a little boy living in a housing project. Used to go to the Aiden P up on Milam Street. That later became Pete Harris up on Milam. It was an A&P. Atlantic and Pacific grocery store. And my mother would always make sure that if she sent us up there. That she sent a book with us. What was it? It was S and H green stamp. Huh? Anybody here remember that? Now, when you bought the grocery, you make sure you tell the lady to put the stamps, huh? Put the stamps in this book. Is that right? Oh, your old heads in here. Is that correct? <laughs> so when you bought something and paid for it, they put the stamps in the book, and when the book got full, there were certain things in their catalog that you could bring the book back and purchase. But you had to buy something. Not with God. You got to come broke. Because he's already paid the purchase price. He's already taken care of everything that needs to be taken care of. That's what God did for us. And we could never repay him. The only thing we can do is serve our present generation. Our calling to fulfill. Let all of us engage our powers to do the master's will. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. Purchase with a price. Tell somebody, I've been bought and paid for. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 6 and 20. You'll find these words. In verse 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Who is in you? Whom you have of God? That's where the Holy Ghost came from. And you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. In other words, which belongs to him. We are God's purchased property. We are the temple that the spirit of the living God lives in. 
So whatever we're called upon, God has the time and the patience and the wisdom and the know-how to carry us through. Because we were already condemned when we got here. So the Lord is not in the business of condemning people. He's in the business of delivering people. And all of us do not grow at the same level. Some of y'all still trying to figure out how not to chew bubblegum. And some people can't chew it and walk at the same time. They have to hold up and chew. Paul is letting the body of Christ know that number one, we need God. We need him every day. Because we, we cannot walk the walk and talk the talk without the Holy Spirit. There are many people that have tried to do it. But yet they found out that it's an impossible deed to be done solely on your own. We cannot please God on our own. We can't even pray unless the Lord had already opened up the portal and have given us access into his presence to pray. It's like this. You remember in the book of Esther. Esther said, in essence, I'm going to see the king. She knew that in order to get an audience with the king, she had to have an invitation. You just can't be walking up and, and, and determine with the king, I'm making myself an appointment right now to see you. No, it didn't go that way. And if you came into the king's presence without an invitation, you ran the risk of being put to death. But this is what Esther said. She said, I'm going to see the king. I've got to see him because my people's lives are being threatened. So I'm going to see the king. And when she walked into the garden that day where the king was sitting, he stretched forth to Esther the golden scepter. That scepter speaks of authority. And when he extended that scepter, she put her hand on top of it which means that she could not be executed. Which meant then that her presence was welcome there without an appointment. Look how God did us. He said, you can come to me anytime. <laughs> you, can, you can come to me anytime. You don't need an appointment. If you're in the car and need to talk to me, call me up. What's the number? One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Call him. His line is never busy. You are his child if you have accepted his son and you can never be lost. So as we glorify God in our body and in our mind and we give him the glory, then our lives will light up before men and they will see our good works and glorify our father which is in heaven. 1 Corinthians 1 and 30. The price of our redemption. Tell somebody close to you. I cost up God everything. I cost him everything. And he was willing to pay it. And nobody made him. Take up our cost. Take up our charge. Take up our sins. He was willing to do it. Now let me put a pen right there. When we talk about almighty God. Who is holy. All of the time. He's not like some of us. Sometimes we drink, sometimes we don't. God is holy 
all of the time. But the question came up in glory in his mind, how can I save sinners and still be holy? He said, I know I'll do it. I'm going to test them with the law. Moses, I'm going to give you the law to give to Israel. And over a long protracted period of time, nobody could keep it because the law is the mind of God. So he said, I've given them that. I put that before them, that law, and they could not keep it. And so God cogitated. He thought about it. He said, they can't keep the law, so I tell you what. Come here, son. I want you to go down there, and I want you to give your life for their life. And oh, yeah, by the way, when you show up on the scene, you will be known as my grace. Not somebody sitting in, in, up, up, up in the room with a funny hat on their head. <laughs> Jesus is the grace of God in a body. Jesus is the one that God promised that he would sin when Adam and Eve sinned. Over in Genesis 3 and 15, God says, in essence, I'm going to send you some help. The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. The serpent will bruise his heel. Now think about this. All of us were born in sin. Every one of us. With no hope for any kind of redemption. Couldn't keep the law. So God said, how am I going to redeem dope smokers, low down, no good for nothing people? How can I do that and still stay holy? I'll send my son. My son will give his life. And those that come to my son, I will exchange their life and give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish what a gift what a gift so God came up with a way to save everybody is with his grace grace means unearned unmerited favor there's nothing we can do to earn grace we don't have enough money to buy grace grace is God's extension of himself to redeem sinners, in other words, in other words, the blood of Jesus, the grace of God in a body, is the purchase price of our redemption. And God cannot touch sinners like a lot of you right through here. You don't touch people because you have no gloves on. Some of y'all don't even shake people's hand because you put a glove between you and them. And I'm not, I'm not mad at you. God's glove is the blood. <laughs> his, his glove is the blood. I'll touch you with my grace. I'll touch you with my grace. And you will be saved forever. Just one word coming from you back to almighty God that sound like this say amen say not a problem what mercy what profound grace and you know what's going to make heaven so beautiful now don't get me wrong I ain't going to miss nobody that's not there I'll probably be too busy bowing down and every time I look up I see another facet of God. 
He never changes. He just reveals himself in different ways. He says, I'm God and I change not. He just reveals himself. Isaiah found that out in the temple. He found that out in the temple. He bowed down. He lifted his eyes back up. He saw God. He bowed down. He lifted his eyes back up. He saw God in another facet. God has come to some of us through some people. Oh, yes, he has. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. God can manifest himself with somebody with a pocket full of money because you prayed because you had a need early that morning, and God blessed you that afternoon. He answered the prayer when you prayed it. See, God can make to us what we need. He's, he's, he's vibrant. He's, he's alive. He, he, he knows everything. Even about you and about me. And he takes no time on his calendar to condemn us. What love. What grace. What gratitude. All that some of us need is just another chance. If, if your mama or daddy ever whipped your hind side real good. I, I mean just laid on you. Just toe into you. One of the things you should probably and did say. I won't do it no more. You were lying while you were crying. <laughs> Am I right about it? See, we can't fool God at no time. He knows what we're going to do before it happens. All things been equal. So we've been bought with a price. And that price is the blood of Jesus. And the Bible warns us in these last days that there will come some that would deny that the Lord bought us. Because they want to preach a redemption based on works. And you're saved if you do well. And you're lost if you don't. That ain't God. I'm saved if I cuss you out. I shouldn't have done it. But you can't see. You do, you, you, we run around here talking about I don't want to talk to you. Go to hell. You, 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 can, you can say that to me, but you can't send me there. Because there is a fountain filled with blood that's drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath that flood and lose all their guilt and say, once saved, always saved. I shouldn't be cutting up, but you know as well as you sitting in here looking at me, we do cut up. You and I would not ever have to need grace if we were not capable of sinning. That's why the Bible says where sin abounded. Grace did much more. Grace always goes beyond what we need to meet the need and still got some left. But these people that think that I'm smart enough to save myself. I, I, you know, I go to church on Saturday. I, I don't eat pork meat. You're just missing some good ribs as far as I'm concerned. The Lord has set us free to be. All that he has called us to be. Without any hindrances or whatever. And paid the price that we could never pay. And set us free. Set us free. Back in slavery time, 
in back in olden times when a slave had a master and the master would come to the temple treasury and he would say I'm here for Bruce Bruce say yes sir what do you need I'm here to buy his freedom is that right that's right how much is he going to cost because I'm willing to pay it I'm able to pay it I'm ready to pay it I'm going to pay it you just tell me how much will I have to pay to set Bruce Bruce free he gave the man a dollar figure the man reached in his wallet or whatever his bag and pulled the money out and paid it and right in the presence please hear this right in the presence of the person that received the money in the temple as a purchase price for Bruce Bruce stamped that piece of paper what did it say paid in full and the only way Bruce Bruce ever get back in bondage is that he sells himself when Jesus paid the price for us he paid it in full nothing missing he set us free to be that's the price of our redemption his blood and it was recorded in the temple on a certain day that X amount of dollars were paid for Bruce Bruce freedom and it was stamped paid in full and he could never be put in bondage again unless he wanted to but how many times the Lord deliver us out of something bring us out of something we get lonely we say and we go back into it that's Bruce Bruce putting himself back in bondage if we could just learn how to wait like okay I have nothing to do right now we say I'm just going to wait I'm going to pray and I'm going to wait on the Lord because I got a situation I said before him the clock keep on ticking tick 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 uh, he waiting too and I, um, he, he too slow I'm going to get up and I'm going to go and fix it and that's where we keep falling wait on the Lord be of good courage he will strengthen your heart wait I say on the Lord you've been set free you have nothing to do but enjoy your freedom and then to enjoy freedom we have to put up resistance Nancy Reagan when she was in the White House and she was talking to the kids about drugs in her simple mind she said just say no you can say no to the devil and he, still, he ain't going nowhere unless you bind him in Jesus name and command him to get out of your face get out of your situation get out of your life but it's one thing about it the blood of Jesus is still as vibrant today as it was 2,000 years ago when he died on that cross we were there he became our substitute Jesus died in your place and he died in my place to set us free from the slave market of sin 
That's why it makes no sense to come to a place that we call church and we ain't got no joy. What is the problem? Have you forgotten how much you cost? I have a watch on my arm right here. It's a pretty nice watch, I think it is. I paid enough for it. But I can't take it with me. And if you hear my home leaving here and going to be with Jesus, do not hang around my house trying to find it. <laughs> there are some things in this world. Have you seen that commercial that says priceless? You are priceless. You cost that much. You are loved that much. You love so much until the Lord said, I've even taken the time to number the hairs on your head. That's how much he loves us. Hebrews 9, 22. No, I didn't get to verse 30. Don't y'all let me act like that. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And verse 30. I thank God for the Holy Spirit. I tell you that. Amen. But of him. Of God Almighty. Are you in Christ. Now that's salvation. That's redemption. But of him are you in Christ Jesus. Who of God. Is made unto us wisdom. And righteousness. And sanctification. And redemption. That according as it is written. He that glorieth. Let him glory in the Lord. That's worth glorying over. Because you can never be lost. And it's no need in being called a saint. And you stupid. When God has made to us. Everything we need. If you just take a little time and pray. He will answer. And sometimes when we don't pray, he'll give us wisdom to deal with certain things. Why? Because Christ is alive. He's alive from the dead. And he's here tonight. But you got to believe it. Because he that believes receives. So Christ has made unto us everything we need. Wisdom. Wisdom knows how to take knowledge and make the application. He has sanctified us. And I don't have a tambourine. You know we equate being sanctified. As, as, as being in the holy. What we call. In, in the holiness church. Do you think everybody over there. Beating a the tambourine is going to be with Jesus. And you ain't never seen an elevator go sideways. It's either going up. Or it's going down. God sanctified us. He set us aside for his purpose. And for his glory. That's why every time you think about how good God is, you ought to be looking around the church saying, what can I do to show my gratitude? Y'all need some more issues? Y'all need some more hospitality people? What can I do? I tell you what David said. He said, I will take the cup of salvation and I'll call on the name of the Lord. That cup that price, nobody else could pay it. And have what was paid according to God's directive done by the Holy Spirit 
And Jesus became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait until we got it right. Talking about, I'm going to go to church and repent of my sins and all that, which is a good thing to do. But he didn't wait for none of that. He says, I'm going to buy you before you were born. Before you ever arrived. Before your mama or daddy ever named you, I've already decided that I'm going to save you. Now, this is the tricky part. If you want to be saved. God saves no one who does not want to be. Since we've been in this building this evening, so many people have died and gone straight to hell. Since we've been here. There's over 8 billion people on this planet. So doing good won't save you. But because you're saved, you ought to do good. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. And we should be careful to maintain what? Good works. Hebrews 9, 22. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 22. Now, some people don't realize this Bible is a legal document. It's a legal document. And, and God is bound by his word. If he said it, he'll do it. It doesn't matter how rough it may get. If God made a promise to you, he's going to fulfill it. If he spoke it, he's going to bring it to pass. And no man can withstand the strength of God when God has sent a promise to you. He expects us to wait on him until it manifests. Now what is the waiting part? That's where your faith begins to be tested. God can do everything for us right now in life. He can make all of us billionaires one on one. But you know what? Money is not everybody's problem. People that have a problem with God, you call it sin or you call it unbelief. And then you get a billion dollars, you can't take it with you. But you can wheel it to me. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, you know, all you want to talk about is money. I don't care what you say. You're going to be sliding down Interstate 20 tomorrow. I don't care if it's a thunderstorm. You're going through that in your car. What? To get some money Friday. But where God is, the streets are not made paved with gold. Which tells us that when we think about glory and the walls are made of jasper and 12 foundational stones and the gates are made of pearl, God just does that for our benefit. He doesn't need any of those things. And God is so precious, so full of love, and so humble until the Bible says that he stoops down. Wait a minute. Ain't nobody here listening to me. He stoops down to behold the things that are in heaven. He's bigger than heaven. He's bigger than anything. And he's certainly bigger than people talking about you. God is so big until he has to stoop down and look into heaven. And you know it's three of them up there. And I know NASA claimed to be so smart. They can't build nothing, no, no satellite to go to the third heaven. Because Paul says that Jesus is up there. And no man can approach unto that light. They can't get there. 
And that car you're so in love with and, and going through all these changes, drive it there. <laughs> you can't even get from here to the west side of Monroe on the tank of gas. All things being equal. And, and no, what is this message about? It's about appreciating the price that God paid for you. Because he was not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and see his goodness in the land of the living. And realize that this life I got is all turned upside down. I need a power. I need a source that is bigger than I am. I need someone who's wiser than I am. I need someone who's stronger than I am. That will hold me in the hollow of their hand and teach me. So I won't keep making the same mistake over and over again. So what God did, he made Jesus to us everything we need. He made him wisdom. Something else he made Christ to be. He made him to be the wisdom. Am I in the right place? Oh, I've left Corinthians. But uh, Hebrew 9.22. But everything we need, Jesus is. That's the point. So we don't have to go to Egypt. We don't have to go to the world to get nothing. The world needs to be coming to us. Find out where you get that joy from. You're always happy. You, it looks like nothing bothers you. And you ought to be able to say it doesn't. Don't nothing bother me. Why don't you care? Yeah, I cared enough to give it to the Lord and I'm through with it. Cast all your cares upon him. That's why I don't care because I gave him the care. And I, I discovered something today. When people say to another person that they're supposed to be up close and personal with, when they say, I don't care. Now watch this. That is wicked. That is cruel. And that is hateful. I'll tell you why. Because you say this to another person, I don't care. Or you might say, I don't care about you. Now, it's okay to say I don't care because you prayed and cast the care. But this coming straight from you and you haven't even prayed about the situation and you say you don't care, your heart is darkened. You're being hateful. And you're being difficult to deal with. When a person says I don't care, I'm not talking about the one who cared enough to cast the care. I'm talking about the one who just want to hurt you. You know, people will hurt you. They'll hurt your emotions. When they find out where your weak spots are, they will, they will try to get in there and hurt you more. You, do you realize when a person says to another person, I don't love you anymore? Well, when you say that, you didn't love me at first. Love doesn't change like that. What, what is this? Is hate dressed up to look like love? Love doesn't change. So to tell somebody, I don't care. Well, before I conclude that, have you prayed about that situation? No, I haven't. Well, you're hateful and you're mean and you're using words to destroy somebody's uh, faith or emotions or whatever you're doing just to say you don't care, that's hateful. 
When you pray and cast the care, you don't have to care because you've cared enough to put it into God's hands. That's what releases the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to be the difference. See, when, when we love God, like we say, and we've never seen him, but here we are struggling with people to love them, and we say, we don't love you, I don't care, now you're being hateful. That's what hate sounds like. And that's what a lot of us with skin hue that look like mine are dealing with every day of our lives. White supremacy. They don't care. But we that are born again need to cast our cares on the Lord. That shows that we are concerned. But just to say I don't care to someone you say you love, that's hateful. And you haven't even prayed about it. I realize, you know, I'm, I got all this tough talk going because Troy is here. <laughs> Are you in Hebrews 9.22? All right. Take a look at this. Hebrews 9.22, the Bible says, and almost all things or by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood. Is no remission. I feel sorry for the Muslims. And all the rest of them out there claiming. To have God in a body. That once lived in Chicago. I feel sorry for them people. There's not but one redeemer. And Jesus is his name. There's not but one savior and Lord. And Jesus is his name. He's not a white man. He's God's man. He's the right man. So calculate how much you cost. You'll never know. God made us in his own image. In his own likeness. And when the bloodshed got started a long time ago. Jesus Christ is the only human being. That God ever sacrificed. In all of this. Is the only human blood. That he ever accepted. Because the blood in Jesus veins. Was God's blood. What love. I can sleep well at night. Knowing that I've been bought with a price. And if I don't ever wake. To see another daylight. I'm still good. Because my names are written. My name is written. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. And that cannot be blotted out. So we have all this assurance. And some of us are not happy. We have all this blessed assurance. And some of us never rejoice. I think you really need to rethink your position. Some people say well. Don't get all emotional in church. But when the cowboys playing, I'm real emotional. And I'm watching that TV for over two hours to see them lose. <laughs> and I'm going to work Monday and I ain't gonna speak to nobody. Isn't it amazing how we 
stay with teams and we know they're losers. Huh? Isn't that amazing? But we go to a church and somebody don't move over to let us sit down, we ain't going there no more. It's something wrong with us mentally. I don't care who wins. Just like I was watching that game, the Atlanta Hawks and Philadelphia today. Yeah. That game kept going back and forth the last few minutes of the game. And the Hawks ended up winning. Because the race <laughs> is not given to the swift. Now the battle to the strong but to those that endure. Endurance means you got to take something in order to maintain your strength in the Lord. Because if you don't take it, you can't make it. We want everybody to love us. Everybody doesn't love Jesus. You just make sure you do. You make sure you love yourself. You make sure you love your family. You make sure you love life. Too many of us have the Lord and we're so bitter about things that happened years ago. It has no relativity to it. If you don't bring your past with you, it will never end up in your future. Hmm? If you don't bring your past with you, it will never end up in your future. Why are you going on and on about who you used to be married to? What kind of money you used to have? What, how you flip your collar up acting like Elvis Presley when you were 18 years old? Even he's dead with his fat self. He's gone. Huh? Man, enjoy the day. This is the day that the Lord has made just for you, just for me. And you mean to tell me I'm going to sit around and try to discuss something in my head that happened years ago that's long gone? I'm not killing myself with what did happen. I'm too busy trying to live. You ought to be busy about your life. And if people make up their mind they leave you alone or uh, 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 not bother with you anymore and whatever. if they can make up their mind to live without you you need to make up your mind to live without them because only God is almighty he's the one we can't live without and then you know you have to be careful that you don't have the character that you keep pushing the envelope you keep pushing your ways on to people a lot of people just want to be at peace but no, they got to fight with you every day. There's something wrong with you. I realize being a preacher that I don't have a lot of so-called friends. Because here I come with the truth and people don't like that. Well, I'd rather have you upset with me than have the Lord upset with me. I work for him. I don't work for you. Because when I think about how much I cost God, I want to conclude like this. Go to Revelation chapter 12. 
you need to make up your mind whether you're going to live a victorious life or whether you're going to live a life in bondage to what other people think about you. Now, I'm concerned to some extent as to what people think about me, you know, it, because I'm not going to know and do you wrong. But if you just can't find no love in your heart for me, I don't need what you got in you. I'd rather not have it than to be bowed, bowing down barking to try to get you to love me. If you don't love me, you don't love yourself. And I can prove that all day long. That's what Jesus was talking about when he said to love your neighbor as yourself. If we would just love ourselves and love God, we wouldn't have no problem loving everybody else. But see, we love up to a point. We love to the point that I didn't know you did that. Stay away from me. And when God sent Jesus, when Jesus came, we were all sinners. At Big Bill Brewer, Little Bill Brewer, Sideway Bill Brewer, we were partying in the morning. We were getting drunk in the morning. And normally you get drunk at night. We were drunk in the morning time. And we were without hope in the world. And now here we are. We got the biggest Bible in the church and ain't speaking to nobody and claim to have all this Holy Ghost going on with us. Why are you acting like that? Do you need attention? <laughs> Do you need attention? Okay, I see you. Now what? We should love one another. We should be kind to one another. Why? All of us have been purchased with a price. We are family. God made us family. Some of us have kinfolk, brothers and sisters that don't even go to church. Don't even love the Lord. But we love our big brother, which is nothing wrong with that. But we got problems with people that claim to love the Lord like we say we do. And we don't like them, but we love our drunk brother. It's something wrong. One day Jesus was in the house ministering, minding his own holy business. Here comes somebody knocking on the door. Jesus? He said, yeah, what's up? So your mama outside, they want to see you. Your mama and your brother. Jesus didn't even move. He said, my mama and my brother are those that are in this room with me. There comes a time you have to put your family of Christ above your family you were born into. Some of y'all got so many holes in your back from your kinfolk until your back look like Swiss cheese. Today's message, we've been bought with a price. FC3067, FC3067 is now available on CD for only $10. And it may be purchased by calling Know Your Bible at 318-938-1885 or you can mail any request to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana 71119 or email us greenwoodacres at comcast.net. Know Your Bible radio broadcast is now available as a podcast. You can listen to Know Your Bible through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Simply search for Know Your Bible or Bishop Caldwell in either app. 
tap the subscribe button and know your Bible will come to you automatically each time an episode is posted. Enjoy! Now the question is... Power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is... I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you say those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions are... Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. Now I see.